Today's episode of What Happened When is brought to you by SaveCade.com. And Tony, I think you have outdone yourself. Uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out SaveCade.com, you need to. Not just because we'll be able to save some money, but this video is off the damn rails. It's S A V E C A D E. Tony, how in the world did you come up with this? This is proof that you take drugs. Maybe used to. I don't know if I do anymore, but but I do need to say that when I bring up SaveCade, there's a shot of me that looks awfully fat on there. I don't know how that came about. Maybe it's the way I look, but I do want to remind people that you can stop wrestling with debt, put your butt in the seat, fast and easy, no credit check, to be a part of SaveCade.com, Conrad. Well, and what's funny is, you know, the site even says mortal combat, all of your debt, no more hard way or easy way, brother. Uh, maybe that old kitchen's gotta go. Maybe you're desperately out of time to pay your house off faster, but we want to let you know that you don't need good looking credit. Your credit doesn't have to look as good as the Z man did. And you can own a house with no money down, which is coincidentally how much money Evan courageous true. You can make this fast and easy. It can even be the greatest night in the history of our great sport. When you skip your next two house payments, and maybe you could even lower your monthly payments, which probably would have been helpful when WCW was taken over by Bill Watts and he cut your pay, right, Tony? Yes. You can cut years off your loan, consolidate your debt, stop making the minimum payments. Believe you me, that will get you behind. And get a greater tax deduction, Conrad. It's all part of SaveCade.com. And what I love about it is you can own your own home with no money down my favorite thing about the thing though is you fucking dancing and singing i'm not making this up tony shivani dances and sings you've got to see it even if you don't actually need a home loan or need to save money you've got to see tony singing and dancing at savecade.com that's s-a-v-e-c-a-d-e nmls number 65084 equal housing lender Thompson, and you're listening to what happened when Tony Schiavone, what's going on, man? How are you? What's going on, Conrad? Hey, we move into the springtime, don't we? How's the weather in Huntsville, Alabama? Well, it's rainy and boy, was it snowing a lot this past weekend in Connecticut, 
man, I feel like I have been moving around all over the place. It's uh, almost like I needed Atlas van lines. Well, don't, don't move too far. Stay in the South, man. I know Atlas van lines can take you anywhere you want to go, but stay in the South. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Hypothetically, you know, the rumor and innuendo has been out there for a little while that things that may be a changing for me in podcast land. And if maybe you're looking for a new gig, Atlas van lines is hiring nationwide OTR and regional positions are available. We're talking team drivers, solo drivers. If you own multiple trucks, come one, come all. 2,200 to 4,000 miles a week. And if you're willing to keep moving, man, they got the work to keep you moving. You can make 143,000 to $197,000 on average per year. And that's your first year, depending on which of the three divisions you drive for, man, that's a heck of a starting position. That could have got you on Monday nitro back in the day. I want to be clear. You can make that every year per year, straight up. Home time can be seven to 10 days, depending on routes and all your tolls are paid and you have the optional maintenance program to boot. They're not just uh, stick haulers, but they do that too. Brett, the hitman Hartman and his team will hook you up. If you're an owner operator, give them a call today, whether you're new to the industry or you're ready to ride off into the sunset, go to new places with Atlas. Speak to a recruiter right now. Call 877-778-6959. That's 877-778-6959. Or for more information, check them out at Facebook slash Atlas Van Lines. Or just check them out at driveforatlas.com forward slash wrestle. That's D-R-I-V-E, the number four, Atlas, A-T-L-A-S dot com forward slash wrestle. Or just check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Atlas Van Lines. Man, starting salary is 143 grand. Tony, are you still going to do the podcast with me, or are you going to start driving truck, baby? No, I'm with you, man. I'm with you, although this sounds great. Holy shit, it sounds like some good stuff. I I, I think it's worth a call. We've got a lot of our listeners who enjoy listening to the show while they're driving truck, and man, that sounds like a heck of a way to uh, give yourself a little raise, and I'm hoping... I can get a little rise out of you today because what won our clash of the champions, Paul, and I'm so thankful that it did is clash of the champions nine. It's nicknamed New York knockout. And if that rings a bell, it's because it is the home of one of the greatest matches of all time. I told you, as we were firing this one up, you said, man, this is a hell of a match. And I said, oh, I know I've seen it about 30 times. This is a top five favorite match for me. Our main event is going to be the nature boy, Ric Flair and Terry Funk in an I quit match. It's part of Flair's legendary 1989. Of course, this is the 30 year anniversary of that. An unbelievable time for professional wrestling. And at this very moment, uh, you're over uh, with the competition. So you were not a part of this show, but we're going to go back and enjoy it. Is that right? Yeah. And it was done in New York, which is, as we know, upstate New York and the entire state of New York is Vince McMahon's territory at that time. And so it was, uh, it was WCW kind of knocking at the door of Vince McMahon. I, I need to depart from what we're getting ready to talk about and ask you a question. Okay. How's your podcasting world coming? Well, I think it's doing pretty well. People seem to be enjoying themselves here on, uh, on our show. And of course, uh, Eric Bischoff has the number one podcast in all of Westwood one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, who could forget all the momentum that we've got over with something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. So ah, pretty, pretty, good. pretty, pretty good. Very good. I'm glad you said that. 
I just didn't know if, you know, people are asking me, you know, on Twitter, uh, what's going on with Conrad, what's going on with Bruce. And I thought maybe you would have some sort of big announcement here today, but I think you did by you just, I think you did. So good. Hey, so you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Uh, okay. I'm ready to fire it up whenever you are. Is Lois around? Is she sober? Could we uh, have her shake a leg or something? She's not as big around as she used to be, but she's around. Oh, and, wow. I was not saying all that, but okay. All right. Uh, she's lost, uh, 45 pounds as a matter of fact. What, what'd she do? Finally get rid of Matt Shivani? <laughs> Let's bring in Lois Shivani. So this is your, I quit show. Oh, okay. Well, this is your, I quit countdown three, two, one play, man. I love this open the, uh, me being a belt nerd. These tight shots y'all got of the big gold belt and some of these other classic world titles, including the television championship, man, good stuff. There's the tag team title. I love this open. I know this is uh, probably not your favorite open, but it's my favorite WCW open. Anybody that, you know, owned that Western States heritage title belt rumor and innuendo is that Larry Zabisco owned it a few years ago and uh, sold it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Here we go. Classic <laughs> Terry Funk interview. What do you think he's saying right here? Well, I don't, I don't give a fuck about anybody. I'm going to end up wrestling till I'm 80 years old and nature boy, Rick Flair. Let me tell you one thing. I am a funk. That's if you, <laughs> there's those cocaine shades that Cassio likes so much on the nature boy here. <laughs> Looks like he's in a sound booth. What do you think he's uh, saying right here? That's what I'm, I was, I, we're, we're going to hear from him later on. He is in a sound booth here. They, they they had a small little sound booth at, at, uh, that they built for us. And they stuck him in that fucking closet <laughs> to shoot that shot. Where are we going to shoot it? Let's put you in a closet. Fuck. Oh, God almighty. So it had to be a pretty big deal. I know you weren't there at the time, but mm-hmm. for you guys to be running a big special like this in New York, obviously uh, that's home territory for the WWE and uh, a major wrestling market. And they're here at the RPI Fieldhouse in Troy, New York. So. We're not quite Madison Square Garden here, but damn it, it's still the state of New York. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Ross, along with Gordon Soley. And Gordon, I want to address something right at the beginning. Though number one is there is a rumor here in the endo that I'm going to be a part of a podcast with the podcast legend himself. I don't know if I started that or they started on Twitter, but it wouldn't be like me if you know to start any rumors. What the fuck is a podcast, Jim? I'm here for vodka, gin, and Sue plays. I am the Dean of professional wrestling, Gordon Soley, and I'm going to stick around long enough to see the ding dongs. And I don't know how much else I'll be able to bear Jim. There's been talk of hunchbacks. And I even heard someone say a goddamn Candyman. If there is a goddamn Candyman, I, it's just too much. I'm out of here, Jim. Well, from there, I want to let everybody know that sometimes I do tweet. Sometimes I tweet and I shouldn't be tweeting. The fact is that, uh, I I've seen a lot now. I've seen the light. Let's go to the ring. I love the, uh, the setup here. I know we've talked a lot about production here on this show, but the way the ring is lit with, um, you know, the big, uh, oh my God, look at Michael Hayes looking as only he can look this entrance set. This is maybe the most big time WCW NWA entrance of all time at this point. Is it not? Oh yeah. This is kind of like, uh, this kind of like an NBA, uh, all-star entrance. Uh, the only thing I thought of when I'm watching this is be careful not to fall. No, I think the same thing, especially when 
you've got something like the big robe or whatever that flare comes down with, uh, you got to be careful with your footing. Well, it is sort of interesting though, because they have the guys pose there for a minute and then come on down. But you could tell that like Garvin and Hayes are both like, well, what the fuck do we do? So they just strike a pose and sort of point to each other and they don't know what they're doing. They're waiting for five. They're waiting for the pyro, which never, the pyro is supposed to blow off here. I, I can see that. And it never did. So, and as they come down, uh, towards the ring, oh, there's the pyro <laughs> just a little late today, <laughs> but you could tell that when they did their thing, uh, that they were posing for the pyro. The older you get, the stupider you look Wearing light blue and a fanny pack. We'll be back with this first match. Oh God. The road warriors are going to come destroy him. Yes, they are. Boy, this will be interesting. Yeah. Who would have thought when you see this group of guys, right? You got Jimmy Garvin, Michael Hayes, and this is going to be awesome. What a fun entrance this will be. And you've got the road warriors with Paul Ellering that the person who would wind up with the most power in wrestling is Michael Hayes. Isn't that something? Nobody would have guessed that. Well, it, 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 uh, let me just tell you this look that the road warriors are rocking here. The black with the steel spikes. This is the best look. Yeah. I know when they went to the WWF, that's really when I became a fan of theirs and they rocked the black and red. Mm -hmm. This right here is way more menacing. Yeah, I agree. Love their music too. And they had to change it, of course, but in the old days when the, when uh, Georgia championship wrestling, and then the Crockett's would play Iron Man by black Sabbath. That was boy. When that music would hit, you know, when I go, I am podcast, man, Dan, 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 people would go crazy. What do you think of, uh, I mean, is Hawk not like the prototype of what you, like if you were to tell somebody to draw a professional wrestler, they would draw a Hawk. I think. Oh yeah. If you told somebody, get me somebody to be a bouncer and I wanted to be the biggest badass in the world. That would be the person I would be, have my bouncer. I mean, but, you got the crazy face paint, you got the uh, crazy hair. He's tall. Right. He's jacked up. Like this is, it's what you would draw a professional wrestler to be. Yeah. And, uh, not him. And it would be. He had the best traps in the business. Oh, His, without he, question. Yeah, man. They were, they were, they were tremendous. Whoa. Bigfoot. A lot of wide shots here. Uh, Keith Mitchell is the director of the show, by the way. What do you think uh, about the positioning of the hard cam where it's sort of angled down instead of directly across? Uh, it's different. I don't mind it. Uh, I, I think it's a result of where they had to put it probably, uh, in the arena. And there's a, another camera. And another camera fans in New York, pretty pumped up about this. Weren't they? They were into it. Yeah. I mean, I, if you were an NWA fan, this was probably about as good as it gets really. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is the first of, of many tag team matches in this show. I think there were like four tag team matches and three singles matches, which if, if you think about the way wrestling normally goes, it's, it's like maybe like three to one singles matches and tag team matches, but this was kind of different than that. In that, uh, I love Tom. I love 
is this Tommy Young? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love Tom. I love Tommy's reactions. Just By the so way, fun. this uh, this match gets a C from Wade Keller in the torch. A C. Okay, so, so disappointing. What, so his grading system is A through F, just like you were near <clears> school. Yeah, he would later adopt stars, but um, early on, Meltzer was stars and he was letters. Yeah. Wow. Hey, what do you think um, you, Road Warrior Animal, and Robert Kraft have in common? <laughs> Boy, how did, how did I know this was going to show up here during this match? Well, what else are we going to talk about? Well, You're going to talk well, about his podcast? Okay, let me, let, me, uh, let me answer that for you. Nothing. I don't own a football team. I'm not a big lug head. Okay. Well, uh, jacka, jacka, jacka. <laughs> wow, look at that. You think that's the way he posed when he came out of there? Out of where? When he leaves the massage parlor, you reckon he has the oh, double box? Would you box? stop it? Would you what? please stop it? Gee whiz. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about his sword past. No, I, you told me on this very show that oh he went God. to a place that had a Kung Fu grip. I didn't know what that meant at first. Yeah. And you know what I said? Okay. I said the same thing that Jr. is going to say during this match. Bowling shoe ugly. No, I'm going to say the Japanese are attacking animal. The Japanese are attacking animal. But I, mean, I think he paid them to do it. Oh, well, they had to work the kinks out. Right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting a massage. It's not illegal. No, one would think it's not, you know, you go to a, you go to a, uh, a licensed massage therapist. Can I tell you that I've never had a massage in my life? Really? I mean, my wife has, but like, I've never gone to a place and been like, Hey, I need a massage. That's never, that whole thing seems weird to me. Well, you go to, if you, if you go to a doctor and you say, you know, my back is bothering me, he'll suggest to go to a massage therapist and your, uh, health insurance will pay for it. And you should have a good time. Have a good time. Is that yeah. what, is that the way animal pitched you on it? <laughs> no. Did y'all oh, did, he did, missed that double ax handle blow. I think the uh, road warriors are kind of getting the upper hand here, which well, kind of surprised I'd like me. to remind everybody that our kayfabe, the HJ shirt is available now at box So an animal, here's a tag and in comes now, uh, Jimmy jam Garvin. If you too had your dick beat with some lotion once and you're ashamed <laughs> go to box kayfabe, the HJ.com. Tommy young, uh, pushing now, uh, Hawk back and here's a tag and here comes the double team from the Freebirds. You think Tommy young ever had to tell somebody to kayfabe the HJ, uh, and a double chop and a choke, 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 <laughs> choke. Hey, nope. you know, I'm glad you're doing this because I want to keep you in practice since apparently Jim Cornell has taken your job with MLW. Yeah, I know. God bless him. Good for him. I mean, he's tremendous at it too. I haven't heard the show of course, but yeah. my goodness, was he fun back in the day on the stick without question. He was good for them. I'm glad they finally got somebody who wasn't Shivani, you know, show up and do the job they were contracted yeah. to do and all that. Yeah, I know. You haven't read my contract, you see? No, I haven't. Apparently you haven't either. Cause it says you have to come. No, it doesn't. It not. If it, it's a conflict with Georgia or baseball. Mm. So is mm. that why you just all the time tell me I can't tape today. I've got baseball. Cause you no. know, all oh, that, I, that shit work. I don't always tell you that. I don't always tell you that. I always, I always tape with you. 
Oh man. What's that clothesline? So the ref bump happens and Paul Ellering just comes in right in front of the ref. Yep. Oh, and there you go. Yeah. we got a DQ. Tommy Young is going to go ahead and award the match to Jimmy jam. Mm. Cause I, I think it was a throw over the top. It was, but that's kind of a bullshit thing. Right. Fans booing lustily. Can I just tell you how much I appreciate that you guys have the corner post wrapped in Coors light sponsorship. No, I mean that seriously years later, you would, you would do it with a uh, slim Jim, but I think the only other th- time you did it before this was ruse. I really liked Coors light as a sponsor for, for wrestling videotape. God damn it. What happened to the videotape on the replay? What the hell? They had to get out of that. Cause they had some VHS tracking problems or something in the truck. No, 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 no. That's not from the truck. That's as it was saved and then put on the network. Oh, you sure? Yeah. Okay. It was good back then. All right. Oh, here we go. What a great moment. This is good old Jr. talking to Terry Funk. What do you think uh, Jim's saying here? I, I, yeah, I don't know if you heard or not, but my podcast is going to be the greatest podcast of all time. Terry. What in the hell's a podcast? I mean, I, there's nothing else that Terry Funk would say. <laughs> That's exactly right. I no, just want to say a couple uh, of things. If you're going to do Terry Funk, you got to use this though. Go ahead. And cause he says, go ahead after everything, go ahead and have a podcast, go ahead and look like a goof Jr. But the man to my right is going to bring a man named court Bauer into the business court Bauer. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck Jim Cornette. And why add fuck Rich Bokini? That's right. That's, that's exactly right. Let me tell you something. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. You know where Chicago, Illinois is? That's the home of C2E2. That's where Tony Schiavone is going to be. That's where Eric Bischoff's going to be. And that's exactly that. Don't interrupt me when I'm talking to you. I'm from Chicago. Oh, let me tell you something, you egg sucking dog, the man to my right, the only one to talk about podcasts. And I want to talk about what's going to be the greatest match, maybe in the history of professional wrestling. And I can use that Shivani. I can use that term. That's right. Fans. My podcast going to be number one. going to be number one. I'm going to be able to sell my barbecue sauce on it as well. We'll back after this. Hey, so I'm glad you mentioned it because we are doing a super show, uh, in less than two weeks now, or right. yeah, I guess right about three weeks now. Showclicks.com is where you can get your tickets. That's S H O W C L I X.com forward slash event forward slash W H W 83. We're calling it what happened when in 83 weeks and it's uh, Tony Schiavone, it's Eric Bischoff and you don't need a ticket to see two E two to come. You can get our show separately ticketed right now. It's called what happened when in 83 weeks. And it's right there in the South building of McCormick place in Chicago. It's uh, what they call after dark. So it's after the regular C2E2 is closed. You can still come to our show. S H O W C L I X dot com forward slash event forward slash WHW 83. It's going to be fun. Eric Bischoff, Tony Schiavone. I'm fired up about this, man. We've never done something like this. I, I'm fired up about this too, because uh, I, I look forward to seeing Eric. I always look forward to seeing you. I, I, look at this sting won the bowling tournament. He did. He won the bowling <laughs> tournament. And you know what? Uh, all three of these guys are going to be at Starcast. Maybe we can recreate this scene where Jr. and Bill after give Sting a bowling trophy. That would be tremendous. Let me tell you, I, uh, last night here somewhere in Troy, New York, 
I bowled a 187, a 187, and I thought that's got to be damn good. It's, oh, woo, it's over 100. But they said, no, you got to bowl a 300 to be good. And I said, what the fuck? I'm a wrestler. Well, let's bring out the man. Uh, <clears throat> all right. All right. Uh, there's our bowling champion, Sting. Let's bring out the man who uh, is going to win a trophy here as well. This is the man who drank the most kamikazes last night in the bar in a span of two hours. Everybody knows him. Okay, I want to bring him out. They talk about the baby's arm. Uh, they talk about styling and profiling. We talk about throwing down kamikazes. He wins a title over Arn Anderson, who had won it the year before. These two are the really the tag team champions of drinking kamikazes. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the kamikaze champion. Oh, wait a minute. He's not ready to come out okay. Let me talk a little bit more because, as you know, as long as I'm talking on the microphone, that's as long as the show goes to shit. Here he comes, the kamikaze champion of the world, nature boy, Ric Flair. Can I just tell you how cool it is to see Bill after on regular TV? You know, one of the, the after mags is what we all grew up on. No matter what you liked, whether it's pro wrestling illustrated or the wrestler, we always commonly referred to them as the after mags and going to the grocery store and seeing that magazine stand with all those different wrestling magazines. That's how we sort of stayed on top of what was going on. And, uh, it was, it was cool. It's a, it's a bygone era and to see Jim Ross. And I know everybody sort of really identifies Jr. with his work in the WWF and the cowboy hat and his work with Jerry Lawler. But I think this is Jr. at his best and to see flair in his best year Sting just months before he wins the world title, the guy who brought me all those cool magazines and Jr. in his prime here. It's a cool, I love 1989, man. I, I could cover stuff with you every week about 1989. Well, the fact that he also worked with Gordon Soley is makes this a, a classic. Not only that, I suggest, and I know most of you have, and I'm, I appreciate you watching along with us and our silly stuff that we do, uh, but go back. And watch the last match again and listen to JR's commentary, especially at the end of it. JR is uh, on his shit here, man. I really don't know what to say about this other than she was a nice lady. What do you mean you don't know what to say about it? It's tough to talk about it when you know, you know what has happened in real life to her, but she was, she was very nice. She was beautiful and she was tough too. She was a very, very, very tough lady. I remember there was a magazine when I was a Ute. I'm going to say it was from 1990 mm-hmm. and uh, it was one of those wrestling magazines and they put hers like the centerfold in some lingerie. Did you whack off to it? Uh, no, I was a little kid. I was like nine. I got in trouble for having whack off. No, I, I didn't whack off at nine. What were you doing in Virginia? Is there nothing to do up there? I know. Well, just asking questions. No. Why are you asking if a little kid beat off? You're fucking uh, weird, you, dude. Uh, you're talking to, I mean, you, you you got this wrestling magazine with all this stuff about all the stuff that's going on in the different territories and you go right to the centerfold. I thought maybe that, no, I mentioned that I, that she was in one of those aftermaths uh, in, okay. in a lot. And my mom found it and was like, not happy about it. So I think she blamed wrestling for a minute. Like, wait a minute. You can't be looking at these. And I was like, she manages doom. It's fine. Did she ask her, uh, Conrad, why are these pages all stuck together? Anything like that? No, dude, I, I'm nine. I'm not beating my dick. What are you asking about a kid doing that for it? What's wrong with you? I don't know how they are in Alabama. I don't know. I mean, hey, how about this Tennessee group? Would you Eddie Gilbert and wildfire Tommy rich together? Can, can I just tell you that 
of all the people that I didn't get a chance to meet, Eddie Gilbert is on, he's in my top five. Yeah. I would have loved to have met Eddie Gilbert. Yeah. Me too, man. Cause he, you know, he used to fuck me missing a lot. What? what you're, you're in a weird place today. <laughs> no, I'm not. Speaking of doom, here they are. I love doom, especially oh. with the hoods here. This yeah. is the best doom. And you can tell she's nervous about falling down those steps too. Yeah, I know she got heels on. And then of course she's got, uh, an escort with the, uh, with the dick dancers. Well, why are you saying they're dick dancers? There's dudes in tuxedos. Well, that okay. you're, in, you're in a really, really weird spot today. I'm not. No, I'm you not. Need to, you need, hey. Should we pause? You rub one out and let's keep going. No, I'm. I don't do that anymore. Here's what's amazing to me. You spend all this time setting up all these lights and there's pyro. And I mean, there's such attention to detail, but when it came time to the ramp from how to get to the stage down to the floor, you're like, go get a couple of U-Hauls and then just unhook. Yeah. Yeah. Unhook that steel ramp on the back. They won't fucking know it's wrestling. Just bring it out. You know, this is now. This is also Jim Hurd's heyday, kind of. I mean, this is this is uh, less than a year into his tenure as boss of of uh, of WCW, and of course, he brings in Keith Mitchell, and, and then they you, end I up had, bringing in Craig Leathers and some other guys. I had no recollection of Doom wearing um, capes with hoods. Yeah, well, the doom I remember is Teddy Long, basically. And I know that was coming up a little bit later on. You think that this, um, you know, I'm going to a weird place here. Okay. But primarily, uh, NWA and WCW, like they were based in the Southeast, fair to say. Right. Do you think them having a white female manager with two big jacked up black dudes as a tag team was something somebody in the office thought was heat? Yep. I don't think I don't, I don't, yeah, without question. Cause it, cause you guys would do it again with Harlem heat and Sherry. Right. right. It was like, that was a formula. Like somebody was like, what if we put her with black dudes? Mm, yeah. Right. I got a number on the socks. <laughs> somebody thought it was heat because yeah, you, you, did, you did it a few times, but Vince McMahon, you know, when he would bring Ron Simmons over, he put her with Sonny. And so. It's just weird that that's even a conversation, but you just think about the time and the area and you're like, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. It, it, once again, it is uh stereotype, uh, stereotypical Southern wrestling, right? Hey, so, um, when you look at this match and you see these four guys and you think, Hey, pick the one that was a heartthrob. Is the last one you picked fucking Tommy rich. What a weird business wrestling is. I, I know, but you, you have to go back and see some of that old Georgia championship wrestling stuff. No, the fans were into it. Yeah. He always looked like a nine year old in a diaper. Mm. I'm saying he was never like super jacked up. Yeah. Nine year olds don't wear diapers. They, they whack off to a woman. No, I'm referencing his oversized drawers that he's wearing like Mr. Wrestling. Got it. Yeah. And they're, they're horrible tie dyed here. And by the way, I just love Eddie Gilbert. Yeah, man. Eddie was, Eddie was hot stuff. 
how, how much would he have loved the podcast format? Had he oh, been able God. to stick around? Uh, absolutely. He'd have been good at it too. All right. Give me your, your best Tommy Ritz here. <laughs> Somebody say something about white woman with two black guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's heat, baby. That's heat, baby. That's Southern heat. That's Southern heat. <laughs> Cause you know what they're thinking. They ain't going to say it, but you know what they're thinking. <laughs> I was, I do. You know, we, uh, you were there many years ago. We roasted Ole. Remember that? Yeah, it was the best. <laughs> they brought Tommy rich up and Tommy said, I don't know what I'm doing here. Ole's no son of a bitch. <laughs> and it, it looked legit. I mean, it, you know, something we all kind of busted on Ole and, and everything. That's how you do in a roast. But that, it looked like it just seemed like they had drug his ass up here and he didn't want to be there. <laughs> uh, I like this tag team. I mean, uh, not only Gilbert, I mean, not only doom, but Gilbert and Tommy rich dude, Tommy rich looks like, I don't know. How would you describe to, the, Tommy rich's look here? It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, it's, it is really bleach blonde. It's almost like it's on. Whoa. It's almost like a Southern version of Ric Flair. No, fuck you. I mean, his actual physique, all oh, that gear. <laughs> Okay. Not, not his haircut. No. Okay. Well, it's, he doesn't look like a wrestler. Does he? No, no. I mean, not Eddie even Gilbert does. Yeah. I mean, it, everybody, everybody else looks like they're supposed to be here. Right. Everybody's he, got a, everybody's got a, a defined chest and arms and a he small looks, he looks like the JV assistant football coach <laughs> stripped down to his underwear. So now trying to figure out how to make a hot tag. All right. Somebody say something about running laps. You son of a bitch. You go ahead and run laps. I'm going to check out your mom in the stands. Come on, boy. Better hit that goddamn three hole. I hope you like green bays. You little son of a bitch. Hey, I don't want to go out. And what, what are you pushing me back for? Oh, you done fucking pissed me off. Now we're going to play bull in the ring. <laughs> Get in the center. There, you little pussy. And we're not going to have a water break either. Really, really terrible punches from Ron Simmons. Everything Ron always did look good. But as a matter of fact, it's Butch Reed. That's why it looked bad. Whoa, swinging neck breaker. And we just saw Butch Reed uh, recently. If you're with us on uh, Patreon on a bonus podcast, when we looked at Ric Flair and Kerry Von Eric, and we saw Butch Reed against Chick Donovan. Your favorite. You love you some Chick Donovan. Yeah. There you go. Here he comes. Hot tag. I'll show you. I may not have the physique, but I know how to wrestle. Wrestle. Ew. How about that? I can do a Dusty Rhodes elbow. How about that? I'm going to Irish whip you in. And I'm not even Irish. I'm going to Irish whip you in again, motherfucker. Here's what I think about you with that white woman in the corner. Oh, watch out, double team. Jesus Christ. Tommy Rich is. He don't even know a guy named Jim. <laughs> Seriously, the most weight he's lifted is, is 12 ounce curls. Well, bunch of them though. Wow. He took a hell of a bump right there though. One, two, three. Oh. Well, they pinned the right guy though. Yeah. Jesus. Well, now this is 89 and Tommy rich won his world championship. What in the early eighties? Yeah. 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 So this is, 
This is after Tommy was career was on the way down. Obviously, hypothetically, is the rumor in innu- innuendo true? In your opinion, do you think Tommy had something in common with Mama Shivani? No. Okay. No, I'm not saying that. I know that's always been a rumor, and always I, I don't believe that. By the way, um, your boy Wave give this a C minus. He said the match seemed lethargic with little heat or enthusiasm, and there was not much heat for woman. Uh, what do you think, uh, Cornette's saying here? Tony Schiavone cannot announce at all. That's the truth. God damn. Tony Schiavone cannot announce at all. I'm going to take his job and I'm going to work with that little two foot rich bokini. And let's bring in Scott and Rick Steiner. Scott, I want to ask you about that move that you got. I saw the move. I've seen it in Japan. I know what the move is called, but why don't you tell the people what the move is? Well, Jim, I want to call the move ham cubes. But I really thought they would be better because the move is so hot to call it hot bar. But then, I, wait, wait, I got a better idea. I got a better idea. Why don't we call it big boy? You know, like the big Shoney's guy, we'll call it big boy. You put him up and, 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 and you, ah, and then you stick him on your shoulders and then you come, ah, and you come off the top and you say, look at that big boy. That's what I'm thinking. Look at the big boy, big boy. Yeah. We'll call it a big boy, big boy. That's what we'll call your move. A big boy. How about that? Not the ham cubes, not hard bark. No, we'll call it a big boy. That's right. I don't know what he's saying in some other language, I think, there, uh, Scotty. But here, the fact is that this is going to be a night where you're going to arrive on the scene. That's right. Uh, I'm, I'm not the greatest talker in the world. Uh, at least I'm not right now. Uh, but the fact is, is that. Uh, uh, we fix sandwiches that big at my restaurant, that big. They fix sandwiches that big at your restaurant. Speaking of big, I'm going to be a big star once again, because I'm the color commentator on MLW. W- what is MLW? Oh, I heard what MLW is. That's run by core Bauer, right? Well, I was in the back with Tony Schiavone and Tony Schiavone said, fuck court Bauer. And, uh, I said, who's court Bauer. <laughs> oh, he'll never get a job again in this business. He does. No. No, and think of what they're going to be tweeting about today. They think about Chivani is mad at Court Bauer, and they say, is it a work? <laughs> is it a work? I don't know if it's a work or not, but the fact is Chivani was uh, busting his ass about three or four or five jobs because Lois has a, a, a big budget. She has a big budget. She has a, Don't talk about her ass like that. No, I was talking about the budget. I was talking about uh, uh, Chivani's got to work five or six jobs to be able to pay for her lifestyle. Pay for her lifestyle. Pay for her lifestyle. Pay for her lifestyle. She's got a big lifestyle. Yes, she's got a big lifestyle. What do you mean a lifestyle? Are you talking about her ass? No, I was talking about all the money that they got to spend. So that's why Shivani's got to work five or six jobs. <laughs> it doesn't matter, Shivani. I've taken your job, and who knows? I'm going to take a job maybe in AEW. Boy, that was a mouthful right there. I don't but, know if it sounded like that, but. That interview, by the way, is where they indeed named the Frankensteiner. Right, right. Uh, the Steiners would announce uh, the at the time it was just referred to as a head scissors backflip slam move. Nobody really knew what the fuck to call it, <laughs> and uh, they announced there. Nope, it's the Frankensteiner, which is a pretty fun name. Uh, tremendous name. It's better than I have a Corona. Oh, yes. speaking of a couple of assholes, here we go. Johnny Ace. And Shane Douglas, the dynamic dudes on their skateboards, 
If you had to be a Laurinaitis, which Laurinaitis would you be? Yeah. Well, I would be, uh, me really, I, I would be Johnny. Okay. Yeah. Cause Johnny, I mean, obviously Johnny has, you know, sucked plenty of dick to get where he's at in the business and, uh, he's gotten ahead. I, I would, I would go a different way. I would go James Laurinaitis, animal son who played for the Rams. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the guys that are wrestling. Oh no. Yeah. Listen, if you had to pick that, then the answer is clearly Johnny. I mean, yeah. he's married to a Bella. Mm-hmm. He knows where all the bodies are buried up North. He's still got a massive, probably two comma income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you know that, uh, uh, really legitimate heat when you bring a skateboard to the ring. Don't you think? Yeah. But you know what? I think Lauren Otis was used to the heat, by the way, how out of place does Bobby Eaton feel coming to the ring with one black glove on and, and these like robes with shoulder pads in them. Yeah, I know. And this is going to be a little bit of an, uh, well, a big angle here, I guess for WCW when, uh, Jim Cornette was managing the midnight express didn't come out with him. Yeah, he's a baby face right here. So right. Cornette's going to be in a neutral corner. So he's not the, the major heel that we're all used to. Yeah. For now. You know, one thing about it, I've been, I have a lot of fun about Jim Cornette with MLW, but from what I read, he is also going to work with MLW and I think it's a great move. I think it's a spectacular move because he's got a great mind for the business. I mean, so let's just run through that in the yeah. last few weeks, Eric Bischoff was revealed as being co-producer of, uh, a major Hollywood movie starring Hemsworth, the guy who played Thor as Hulk Hogan. And the other producer on the movie is Bradley Cooper. And the director of the movie is Phillips. The guy who did the hangover series and Bruce Pritchard went back for a hero's ransom to the world wrestling federation that once abandoned him. And now he's Vince McMahon's right-hand man. And now Jim Cornette is the on-air commentator who just snatched your job away from you. And he's probably, uh, heading up some of the creative backstage. I don't know. I'm just freestyling, but if you got a mind like Jim Cornette sitting around, you probably use it. Right. And, um, you've got, you, you did a couple basketball games, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody's doing what they love. Everybody's coming up roses, man. That's uh, good. Look, it's great look, for look, everybody. look I, I, need, I need to clarify something here. What I love more than anything else next to my dogs is being able to hang out with you and watch shows. No, you don't. That's oh yeah, dude. That's my love. That's my love. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we're going to get to share in the love a couple of weeks from now at the low key, big hog get together. You've been working on something that I've discouraged you from, but you keep working on it. Find out what it is right now at 900, 909, 9900. (laughs) The rumor and innuendo is that a bona fide hall of famer has been in discussions with Tony Schiavone this week, and we can't reveal any further here, but we can on the hotline 909-9900. That's 1-900-909-9900. As Gordon would have said, uh-uh, a drop kick and a deep arm drag from the dynamic dudes. 
blonde mullets in this one, huh? Well, I mean, it was kind of the deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Jesus Christ. All four. All those. You really can't say that Stan had a mullet. I guess he did. No, he definitely had a mullet. You know, he looks like, um, a miniature Lex Luger. <laughs> By the way, Lex Luger's going to be coming up in the show. And, uh, <sighs> I thought he did a good job as a heel in the show, but we'll talk about that as, as we get on. Oh, and- I forgot somebody gave him a great nickname. I forget who, but someone on social media, when I was saying he looks like a miniature Lex Luger. Somebody says his name is Les Luger. Les Luger. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. You don't think it's nearly as funny as I do. <laughs> oh, hang on. What about this? See, his name is Les because he's got a smaller dick. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Ah, See, watch out. Here's a cover. One, two. You, I only got a two count. If you want Tony to participate, you gotta, you gotta talk about penises. Oh, uh, that's not true. That's not true. That is not true. You know what Johnny was saying right there? Come on. You want to get close enough to Vince to touch him? No, no. Only I touch Vince. Come on. Come on. Get up here. Bruce Pritchard. You think you're coming for my job? Come on. I don't think so. I'm all the way in. I'm fucking a Bella. You hear me? Come on. Uh, it is an enviable place in life. I would, I would say that. Stan pissed off about it too, man. Yeah. He wants off speed vision. He wants, he wants to be on the Vince's jet. Uh, well, drop kicks like that. I can see why he's in the front office now. Jesus Christ. Yikes. All right. Greatest of all time. Here he is. Mm. And one of the nicest guys of all time. Can I get me and you some wrestling boots? (laughs) I want us to have wrestling boots. What, what will we do with them? Wear them to our events and stuff. Really? Like like if we would have thought of this a while ago, we could have had like boots for our low key, big hog get together. And part of me was like, I want, I want the rainbow stripes down the side. What? Uh, like the midnight express here, first of all, to make Efren feel welcome. But secondly, it's like a nod to the midnight express and Huntsville or whatever, but right. maybe the move would be just get traditional boots and yours says TS on the side and mine would say CT. I would like mine since I'd like for you to go, go ahead and order those. Uh, I would like mine to have like a Batman symbol on them. I don't think we can do that. Don't they own that? Yeah, they own it, but you can still put it on there. I don't, I don't think that's the way it works. Okay. If I was to play the Batman theme song right now, you'd tell me to stop it. Cause we don't own it, but now you're just going to take their logo and put it on your shit. Yeah. But how can we sell replicas of them? If, if it's got that, like, uh, okay, I got it. Okay. Not everything's about being a Mickey yep. Mark every now and again, you got to figure out how to monetize something. Tony play along. Silly me. You're not, you ain't coming up with an idea unless some, unless you can make some money at it. Yeah. Fuck. Right. By now, everybody <laughs> listening knows that. I mean, half the internet has figured that out. Yeah, because you, my friend, are not only promoter of the gear, you are the pod father. I love when you do your, uh, so hypothetically, what do you think it sounded like when me and Jr. had our conversation? What was I saying? Uh, uh, hello, hello, uh, this is Conrad Thompson. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pledge your allegiance to me. How do I do that? 
Wow, hang on a second. I got to hang on a second. I, uh, I'm just uh, writing this uh, love letter to Vince. Hold on here. Uh, Podfather, how do you spell uh, love? That's not what's important right now. Okay, all you need to do something to show your allegiance to me. I want you to kill somebody for me. Her. Wow, who do you want me to her? Who do you want me to kill? I want you to kill Tony Schiavone because of all my podcasts. His may be the most fun, but his makes me the least money. So if you kill him, you can get his money and you can make your money. And I know the Ross report will be, well, not as good probably as Eric Bischoff's. Certainly not as good as as Bruce Pritchard's. You heard he fucked me over and went back to events. I don't think I can kill her. I don't think I can kill anybody. Well, wait a second. I could hit him over the head with some barbecue sauce. Her sassafras. Hey, I got to go. I got to. Uh, oh, by the way, how much money will we make? More money than you can ever imagine. And I know you've got a lot of money from all the stocks that you got from the WWE. I know you probably don't have to work, but I know that your ego is going to make you be out in front again. And who knows, get on with me, just maybe you'll become the commentator for AEW. No, I got connections. Her, that sounds pretty good. I got to write this love letter to Vince, uh, but uh, I'll consider killing Tony Schiavone. Please do, because his podcast is sucking hind tit. Her, thanks for calling. Click. Something like that. Wow. Oh, it's pretty fucking close. <laughs> uh, snap mayor takeover. And a Russian leg sweep. How about that? So have you seen the rumor and innuendo this week? Mm, I didn't even know that Eric was producing a movie. So the answer is no. You didn't know that Eric is responsible for the biggest blockbuster worldwide in 2020? No. Is it, uh, what is it? What's the name of the movie? Well, they don't, is, they don't usually name them until they're close to the, the end. Hey, I, I didn't know. Is he doing with, uh, Hemsworth? I thought maybe he's doing uh, Thor five or something like that. No, no, no. It's the Hulk Hogan story. Oh, Hemsworth is playing Hulk Hogan. Oh my God. I'm playing Tony Schiavone. <laughs> well, by God. I want to get it accurate though. So I quit before we even started filming. <laughs> you ain't fucking in good. What's, what's he doing? What's he doing? Oh, he's, oh, he's fucking over the dynamic dudes and the fans fucking love it. Look at him. Big pop. The New York fans like the midnight express. They want a bad Jim Cornette. They love Bobby Eaton. I mean, yeah. who, who wants fucking Shane Douglas or anything? Nobody. Well, they later in life, it would. Oh yeah. I just mean here. He's on a goddamn skateboard. I know he is. Yeah. He's a dynamic, dynamic dude. By the way, I talked to Shane Douglas once about what the heat was with him and flair back in the day. And he said that flair was just not a nice person and that he did very inappropriate things. And I said, like what? And he said, I once saw him at a bar have to pee. So instead of going to the bathroom, he just pulled it out and pissed right on the floor. I don't believe that. Do you really believe that? No, nope. let Unless he was so drunk, he didn't know where he was. 
Yeah, I, 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 Flair never intentionally peed at the bar. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, there was, you know, Ric Flair had this persona. And if he was at a bar, that persona was going to make, you know, classy style. Oh, my God. Super Destroyer number 15. Who doesn't know where the hard camera is? True or false? Um, so certain wrestlers have used their penis to stir other people's drinks. Uh, I've heard that, but I haven't heard whom. Have you heard that? What a cool entrance this is here. Why would you throw that out? Dr. Death. I love this set. It's one of my favorite sets in WCW history. You guys use it a couple of times and there's the, uh, the U-Haul ramps. It's a cool shot. Cool presentation. Yeah. They had, uh, what was the capacity? Do you know what the. What does uh, Wade Keller say was the, uh, Wade didn't ever get information like that. That was usually reserved for, uh, so do you know what this rating was for this? It had to be pretty good rating. You think, I mean, you guys were, you guys were smashing WCW at this point. I know, but still like a primetime show on TBS. That's wrestling. It had to pull pretty good numbers for him. Yeah. You know, I got, I got there's 4,000 fans here. Yeah. And it did a 4.9 on TBS. Wow. Would you take a fucking look at this? Norman, the fucking lunatic. And you thought this got a good rating. <laughs> you know, he's walking out and he, that's it. What's he doing? He's got a bag there and he's approaching children. What, what's, what's he doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm afraid to even comment on this one. He's, uh, is he the goddamn candy man? <laughs> I feel like he's got a sack and he's passing it out to kids. It feels like he's the goddamn candy man. Yeah, it does. And you know what? More than likely somebody said, uh, what, what are we going to do with Norman in the show? And, uh, uh, Jim Hurd said, well, put him in a goddamn Santa Claus suit with a goddamn bag of shit and have me hand out that goddamn bag of shit. to These goddamn fans here on the goddamn front row. And then we'll have him come over and we'll talk to Jr. Uh, but we won't have him mic, so we don't know what he says. That'll be just like us. God damn it. Table bumped by the super destroyer. <laughs> that table didn't sell shit. That's a road warrior table. Oh. Yeah. And it's a table that's there for watch out of right hand. Or as Matthew would say, I am the table. Yeah. Well, so what do you think of this show so far? Well, I mean, it's okay, but it, you know, there's been a lot of throwaway stuff in here. I love right. the midnight express. I love doom. Uh, I'm, I like Eddie Gilbert. I like Dr. Death, but there's been a lot of sort of throwaway stuff. I think the first match being sort of a shit finish wasn't probably the right match to start with, but either way, by the way, isn't it crazy to think about one of the best matches of all time here, right? Ric Flair, Terry Funk, hey 4,000 fans. Hmm. When you really think about it in terms of that, it's like, what? Well, maybe if they wanted to have Ric Flair and Terry Funk draw, they should have been to Texas and done this. Don't you think it's the, you think it's the, 
it's not a bad idea going to Troy, New York. They get good reaction. It's a good TV show. But maybe if they wanted a big crowd for this match particularly, uh, Dallas would have been good. But knowing them, they knowing uh, WCW, they could have only run the Sportatorium in Dallas or something like this. Why would you say the Sportatorium? Y'all never did TV there. I know, but I'm saying that. How about this look? The fucking skyscrapers with Teddy Long. God damn, I love 1989. Dan Spivey, Sid Vicious, walking out in uh, leather pants, some assless chaps, the kind you like. What? That's what we need. Since yeah. we can't get those wrestling boots made in time, uh-huh. what if you showed up to the low key no. big hog get together? No. And some leather assless. Wear khaki pants underneath. I'm not saying be weird. No. Oh, really? But some leather chaps like this. This is your deal, baby. No, it's not my deal, baby. Why not? Yeah. What, what's your deal? Oh, my deal is, uh, um, North face sweat top. Wait, you're coming to you're these are our most dedicated listeners. Yeah. And you're gonna fellowship with them in a goddamn sweatshirt. What are you gonna we what are you gonna wear? A suit and tie? Tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. By the way, I love me some Steiner brothers mm-hmm. with the Michigan jackets on. And oh, and nearly had it. Big booty daddy nearly ate it on the U-Haul ramp. I don't think he knew there was a ridge in the middle. Mm. I love those. Uh, that's what I remember the Steiners. I mean, that to me, the uh, letter, the uh, letter jacket. And Rick's not even wearing his Michigan jacket here. It's a different one. Yeah, but he's you know he's he's handing out popcorn to everybody, and he was always you know the odd man. Isn't it amazing the character that he plays right here? here know, knowing here. that he's a successful real estate broker who is on the school board for Churins. I know. <laughs> Just goes to show you, you never know, right? Yeah. You never know. That's a good shot. I like this wide shot. That's uh man, boy, Sid Vicious. I mean, you, you were talking about traps earlier. I think Hawk has a little competition in Sid. Yes, he does. Sid has fucking pumpkins on his shoulders. Wow. You're right. You know, peanut head all, always around. Who was your favorite? Well, let's go back to 1989. Who was your favorite Steiner brother, Rick or Scott? Well, at this, t- at this time it was Rick. However, I think this match, because we now named the Frankensteiner, I think this match helped establish Scott as a big star. As short as this match is going to end up being and, uh, I just really think it, it helped was one of those, you know, prime time on cable. And, uh, you know, we had seen Scott earlier cause Scott had gone to ringside with Rick, but this is a match that's going to help, uh, establish him as a star as short as it may be because he's going to do some phenomenal moves and the fans are going to go nuts and you'll watch it. You'll say, that's some bitch can wrestle. So I think we're seeing a, a transition here from Rick being a star and Rick you know, had established as a singles wrestler and really hadn't got that much main event push, but now Scotty's on the scene and this is going to make a big difference. So 89 was a big year for him. Don't you think without question, 
Thank you very much. Hmm. Danny Spivey. Uh, Danny, you know, Danny, again, Danny, uh, the story goes, and it's the true one. Danny Spivey and Scott Hall, members of the Crockett Park ring crew working for Klondike Bill back in 1982 and 83. Hmm. Every time I see Danny, I think about that. Fans love that shit. Look at that. They love when the Steiners did that. One guy down on all fours and the other one straddling him. Can we do that pose at our low key big hog get together? Do you want to yeah. be, do you want to be on top or bottom? Uh, <laughs> I'm a loser if I answer this anyway, but I'll be on top. Why are you a loser? Okay. I mean, you'd rather be Rick Steiner or Scott. That's what we're talking yeah, about. No. Okay. I'll, I'd rather be on top. Well, was that I, Rick or Scott? Do you even remember? I want to be, I, I want to be uh, Scott. Okay. Okay. How about converting it into a tombstone? Oh. And, uh, yeah, dropping Rick on his head for real. Mm. Jeez. The bumps these kids took. You know, one of the things I always get a kick out of is I watch enough wrestling where I just look at the little stuff now. And earlier when one of the members of uh, doom was firing off on Tommy Rich. And mid beatdown, Tommy's left hand just pops straight out and open. And then they, they take that hand and sling him into the ropes. And it's almost like professional wrestlers are just look at there. There it is. Frankensteiner. Yep. Oh, wow. Tried that one fell on his head, but whatever. Still cool. Say so moves like that, man. That's moves like that on primetime cables would help. Established the Steiners and Scott Steiner. Look at the fans going absolutely berserk there. Two hot moves in a row. Yep. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice sign. Peanut head. This match, by the way, gets a B. Mid yeah. Express match got to be. The Steve Williams match got to be. Really? They gave the Steve Williams match uh, all of two minutes. They gave it a B. Gave it a B. Yeah. I guess it was a pretty good, good over match. And this is going to be kind of interesting, but what I'm saying is it's weird that it's like wrestlers are just uh program to where, oh God, he's beating me up. Let me stick my left hand out and open. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when, uh, they've been beat up. Really, really badly. And it feels like oh, I'm just ready for this match to be over. I just don't care about winning anymore. I'm ready to be out of here. Whenever they fall on their back, one of their legs just springs directly in the air. Well, that's how they lurk the business. I'm not arguing it. It's just, yeah, I know. G- grab the dude's wrist, reach down and hook the leg. Oh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> My God. And they didn't shoot around it. <laughs> They couldn't shoot around it. Keith Mitchell had the, had the camera shot. They just, they fuck <laughs> it's live TV. I'm going to drop my second one on his head here. Right. And I'll just throw him down. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> who says that Dan Spivey was the better worker of this crew. Just go back and watch this shit. Yeah. Listen, Spivey's a good wrestler, but it's fair to say he's having a fucking off night tonight. I think so. Unfortunately. 
The Steiners are the recipients of some things. Uh I mean that drop kick to no one. Mm. Literally. It's, yeah. It's just like he just fell on it, he just fell on his ass is all he did. No, but he jumped up, kicked his feet <laughs> in the air, and then fell on his ass. <laughs> and then was embarrassed, so he got up and picked the guy up, like I'm gonna drop you on your head. No, I'm not. I'm just gonna throw you down. Fuck this. That's right. Whoa. Oh shit. You know, Look, that that's what's real because Rick Steiner's like, wait a minute, just so you know, I could beat the fuck out of you. Yeah, that's that was the receipt for being dropped on his head, is what that was. Uh. I think it's fair to say that even though Scott is perceived to be the more crazy of the two. Yeah. The one I'd be least likely to want. Hurricane <laughs> Rana right in the middle of the spot. That's unbelievable. Everybody just has to stop. Oh shit. They're doing moves right here. Okay. Never mind. Traffic jam. DQ. <laughs> yeah. Throw it out. Doom has done a run in here and here comes woman. Mm-hmm. She, now she said on her interview, she's out, out for Rick Steiner and she hits him with the, her high heel shoe. <laughs> Rick's teasing. He's going to suplex her. Yeah. He's barking. Yeah. Going to give Danny or somebody a chance to get up behind him. Maybe. Look at this shit. Who the fuck is this? What do you mean? Who is that? I don't know who that is. That's Nitron. Nitron. That's the seven foot one Jody Hamilton. <laughs> okay. And now the road warriors come out and now, you know, this is back when, uh, when run-ins were big time and fans going fucking nuts and, and the tape machines are rolling. Maybe not dooms out. By the way, that's, uh, what was reported in the, uh, torch that that fellow's name is nitron nitron. And he would put in parentheses, Jody Hamilton comma legit seven foot one. Not the Jody Hamilton that we all know and love. Right. Right. Uh, did he ever go do anything out of that? I don't know. I thought you worked there. I was fucking eight when this match happened. I was not working there at that time. Well, you were here right after. Well, well yeah, was but it there was when you got there. Yeah. Hey, do you know that, uh, her, you know, that's a phrase. I'm going to have the number one podcast in the world once again, because I'm going to stooge off everything I know to Conrad Thompson. It's all right. They're going to make me call me stooge, but I'll make a lot of money. You going to join in on these? Well, I mean, I didn't think I was allowed to do Scott Steiner anymore. Since, no. <laughs> since y'all are buddies, I thought I had to lay off now. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Conrad Thompson. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to the Asian massage parlor and I'm taking Tony Schiavone with me. We're going to get our dicks beat like Robert Kraft. That's right. I don't know why everybody's up his ass. It's not like he can beat off. He's got six rings. So we went to a little Asian jack shack to do it. He probably didn't know it was all about sex trafficking. And I didn't either. I just wanted to work the kinks out and, you know, roll over, get a little rub and tuck. I didn't know what I know now. It was a different time, Tony Schiavone. You can admit. You don't have to kayfabe the HJ. You weren't happily married. Besides, as much sperm as you were shooting up in her, you couldn't swing any more kids. Tell them, Hawk. Tony Schiavone? Well, I mean, Jim Ross. Whatever this man says, take it to the bank. Except when he's talking about Tony Schiavone. Because when he's talking about Tony Schiavone, he's a lying prick. 
and I don't like lying pricks. I beat the shit out of lying pricks, and I may start beating the shit out of Jim Ross, and I may start beating the shit out of Conrad Thompson if ever. I can't do it because I'm dead. Tony Schiavone, if I was alive, Conrad Thompson would be in my crosshairs. Don't fuck with my friend Tony Schiavone. And, you know, I just want to say that they are wrapping me up on time, but let me add this. There are four of us together, one thumb, one finger, four fingers, one fist, one finger, and point, point, point to him. Right over there. Point to him again and point to him and point to me with my thumb. Thumbs up, number one. Yes, I'm going to have the biggest podcast in all of wrestling by this time next year. You can bank on it. Well, Anil gave you permission to tell the story. Anil? Animal? Animal. Yeah. When you went to the Me Love You Long Time Salon or whatever it was. Yeah, like 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 animal, like you. Animal. Uh, we are at the uh, real prick inside Fieldhouse in Troy, New York. <laughs> He's just never going to admit to it. What? That this the real prick inside Fieldhouse? Hey, man. Kayfabe the HJ T-shirts no. are available now at boxinggimmicks.com. And here comes Brian Pillman. Got a uh, panel coming up at Starcast that he'll be. The subject of remembering Brian Pillman, crazy, like a Fox, the author of that book. And some of his old friends will be there on hand to celebrate. I have uh, had a chance to work with his son, uh, back when I was, uh, before I was, uh, supplanted by Jim Cornette at MLW and Brian Pillman jr. Is a good kid. Hey, let me ask you this courts a pretty smart guy, right? Oh yeah. Do you reckon that he knew he could get. Jim Cornette. And once he realized he could get Jim Cornette, he intentionally moved the shows from Friday to Saturday to get you the fuck out of his way, Hmm. which would allow him to bring in Cornette who could not only do the on-air stuff, but would actively participate in the off-air stuff and not just throw his hands up and totally Shavant. Do you think that court, man, what an entrance here for Lex Luger was wise enough to see, Hey, here's the pathway to get Tony out of the way and allow me to bring in Jim Cornette and really level up my product in the process. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. It's a cool entrance, isn't it? What? Oh, you're talking about something else. Oh yeah. It's a, yeah. Okay. Motherfucker. Cool entrance. Yeah. Here he comes. Total. When I watch this match, I'm, you know what I'm thinking here, uh, that they certainly used Luger a lot in the next to less matches. I mean, how many really, there was a couple of men I'm talking about throughout his career in WCW. There were some that he main evented, you know, Ric Flair, I know, and beat Hogan to become the world champion. But Luger was always like semifinal match. No, Luger was a main eventer. Well, I know he was a main eventer, but, but yeah, I get what you're saying. He was, you know, he's a nine out of 10 for you. Right. right. And I love that version of the belt. Of course, Nikita would wind up wrapping it around the, uh, ring post. And it wound up being displayed with the Crockett cup at the jocks and Jills for years and years. Right. At the base of CNN center. Right. 
This outfit he's wearing, by the way, this little entrance robe was once featured on the television show Pawn Stars. Uh, he sold it and his uh, Olivia Walker robe that had like the lightning bolts with some uh, boots and knee pads and trunks. And uh, they bought it on that TV show Hardcore Pawn. And then a private collector in South Carolina purchased it. And I think he still has. Uh, the Olivia Walker robe, but this particular robe he's wearing, they even made a Galoob figure with it on. I think it was only released, uh, overseas. I don't think it was ever released here in the U S but like a UK version of the Lex Luger figure had that, uh, entrance robe on. Every time I see Brian Pillman and he's wearing tights that aren't Bengal tights, I wish he was wearing Bengal tights. They were the best. They were his trademark. Really? As a kid, that's what I associated him with. Yeah. Like that was his look. So now that you've had a minute to marinate on my court Bauer conspiracy theory, where are you at on it? I don't know. Let me send out a little text or a motherfucking email. Did you really not think of that until I said it? Never, never thought about it. No, this is chess motherfucker. It ain't checkers. You got squeezed out. Well, just like I sent out the tweet recently, life goes on. I got. I got Georgia Bulldogs. I've got baseball. I've got you until JR squeezes me out from that. That's right. Uh, so, uh, I'm just hanging on, hanging on here. Best I can. I've always throughout my tenure in professional wrestling. I've always kind of been squeezed out. I think I've got a, uh, a new theme song for you, but squeezed out. Old people say, I've been an announcer, a producer, a podcaster, a husband, a father, and a laughing stock. That's life. That's life. But at least Conrad paid for my daughter's wedding. That's life. Hey, can I, uh, can I give you a little scoop? Yeah, I love scoops. Uh, friend of ours, gonna be turning sixty soon. Okay. How about that. A friend of ours gonna be turning sixty soon. Yep. Huh. Dude, dude, dude. Holy shit! He looks seventy already. Yep. He hadn't aged well at all. Is he having a birthday party? He is. Obviously, I'm not invited. I don't know why you're saying that. Because let me uh, let me know where it is. Because I'll crash it. Uh, it's going to be uh, in your neck of the woods. Okay, good. It's going to be uh, a week after we're in Chicago for C two E two. Oh, okay, cool. So if you're around, mm-hmm. I just want to see if maybe you could jump out of a cake. <laughs> Chuck That's right. You just you don't want me there as a friend. You want to use me. Well, I just thought it would be That's cool. life. That's <laughs> all the people always said. If you would jump out of the cake and yeah, yeah, this is the greatest birthday in the history of our great sport. Yeah. That'd be huge. 
Hey, let me ask you something. You okay. think uh, Triple H will be there and Shaney Mac? Well, I mean, they were there for at Flair. Pop, at Pop Pops. Yeah. Um, yeah, if they come, I'll be there for sure. I, I mean, uh, yeah. Tony, do you just want their phone number? Because I'll text it to you and you can just start begging for your job directly. No. No, but when I found out they hired Bruce back, I thought, fuck. Hired Bruce back? They hired the Ultimate Warrior's widow. <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior's widow. Yeah. Is is Bruce's stable mate now. They're right. They're they're booking the territory. Wow. Oh, and Jeff fucking Jarrett has a job there. Oh my god. Oh, and so does Abyss. Uh, you want to you want to just bring me down oh, anymore? And here? Hurricane Helms has a job there. Uh, oh, and Sanjay Dutt has a job there. Jesus Christ! Next hey, thing and Steve Carino has a job there. Okay. Hey, Next and Adam Pierce has a job there. And Adam Pierce, who's Adam Pierce? Scrap Iron, Scrap Daddy. Oh, okay. Ole P, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. You some bitch. You okay. put some respect on his name. All right. Sorry about that, Adam. Have a lot of respect for you. Next thing you know, they'll be hiring Sonny. Nah, she's in jail. She got arrested this week. Did you see that? Yeah, well, I heard that. Yeah. Uh, which is disappointing. Cause I was trying to get her down here for the low key big hog get together. I figured if we just told her the name, we might not even have to pay her. Yeah. We'll bail her out. Conrad. Dude, have hey. I not, have I not done enough bailing between you, Bruce Pritchard? I mean, God damn. I should just walk around with fucking life preservers. Yeah. You got me back into wrestling. You got me a job <laughs> oh, wrestling, doing commentary. Holy shit. I just realized I'm like, I'm like Terminator, right? Come with me. If you want to live. Yeah. And may I say I'll be back. Use, oh, pro, use promo code WHW. One, two, terminate two. the cooter with blue chew. Hey, are we, are we selling dick pills today? Not today. Okay, cool. Cause I was thinking while Lex Luger's in there, we should just go ahead and get it out, get it out of the way. Mm. Coming up real soon though. Yeah. Well, it will be with our friends. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Gotta stop. Gotta cut it off. Got it. Oh yeah. By the way, that Atlas van lines thing, that sounds pretty legit. Yeah. You're not kidding. That's uh, I mean, let's be real. Shane's not going to fucking hire you. You know what I mean? Like there's no chance that McMahon's giving you a gig, but I mean, I can get you 143 grand to start your first year with Atlas van lines. Well, you know, my dad was a truck driver. Oh, so it runs in the family. Yeah. I come up from a long line of truck drivers. I, as you know, from riding with me, I'm a hell of a driver. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me ask you this. We never talked about this. Oh, I know we talked about how mama, mama Shivani was known to gum one. Was mama Shivani a, a lot lizard? Is that where your dad met her? A lot lizard, lot lizard. No, no. Are you in the loop on lot lizard? Never heard of a lot lizard. Have you heard of a ring rat? Oh yeah. Okay. So lot lizard is the oh. trucker equivalent. Oh, okay. All right. No, no, she was not. How did you not know that? Like well, you, I just know that, you know, what ring rats are, you know, what road beef is. How did right. you not know what lot lizardry was? Well, what, what's road beef? That's what baseball players call it when they're on the road. Really? Well, they did in the eighties and nineties when my buddies played. Okay. In the early two thousands road. Beef. I'm, I'm friends with a, a former uh, pirates pitcher and a former Padres pitcher. Yeah. And they called it, I mean, two separate situations. The word was road beef. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, I never, never heard that phrase before road beef. Yeah. <laughs> God, I was a 
I've been in baseball for a long time and I've never heard of that. Well, you know what you need? I mean, after we let's run through it, huh? Jr. Mm-hmm. probably going to be announcing new landmark deals in multiple yeah. places, right? Bruce Pritchard back in the saddle, right-hand man, Eric Bischoff producing a movie yeah. with blockbusters in Hollywood, including Bradley Cooper. Right. I mean, everybody's just fucking hitting home runs. Jim Cornette, big new job in Moldova. Yeah. Maybe what you need is another baseball term slump buster. <laughs> Have you thought about that? No, no. Well, let's get it done. No, I don't want to get, wait, I'm, you, I'm as look, I'm, I'm as far in life as I'm going to go. What does that mean? You're going to die tomorrow. Well, I could, I could die today. Can, can we get you right now to say clearly into the microphone, your mm-hmm. full name and that you're of clear and sound mind and that you bequeath me your six man tag team title belt. Should it ever be located? Uh, well, that's, that's one of those without, uh, doesn't need to be said type things. No, no. What's wrong with just saying it now? So I can play it in court when fucking Matt Shivani or Chris or or John Michael, the jobber Shivani is trying to fight me for it. Okay. Uh, uh, my name is Noah Anthony Shivani. And on this day, uh, that we're recording this which will be the third day of March in 2019. Uh, I do bequeath the six man tag team belt to my good friend, Conrad Thompson. Uh, once I pass away, however, he does have to go in the attic and find it himself. Thank you. I'm fine with that, by the way. Mm. I mean, I'll fall through your fucking ceiling, but I, I don't care. Yeah. Well, you're probably going to have to. It's a narrow passageway up there. And I don't know if you can get your fat ass up the stairs there. So just a little logistics problem, I think there. Well, don't worry about it. By then the worms will be skull fucking you. So it doesn't matter. Well, the business is skull fucking me right now. <laughs> Let the worms have at it. Oh my God. I love that you say the business is skull fucking you and you have a a tremendously successful podcast. This has afforded you many opportunities, uh, personally and professionally, including to be live in prime time on national international cable television. And then you're just like, nah, I want to go call women's college basketball instead. And then I get you, I get you set up. With a little private meet and greet with the with uh, the new player in the game, and you fucking no show. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Hey, by the way, do you watch Being the Elite on YouTube? I do not. Well, you probably should. It's uh, it's the number one wrestling related thing on YouTube. It's tremendous and. They had a skit a few weeks ago where, yeah. uh, Cody was, uh, eat grilling using the big green egg and he made one too many steaks. So they had an extra steak. So in this skit, they, he gifted it to MJF and MJF was so disgusted by the steak that he teased feeding it to the dog and then 
threw it away from the dog to where not only did he not eat Cody's steak, but he didn't give Cody's dog an opportunity to eat the steak. And he just literally threw it out in the yard. And one of your kids who listens to the show here screen grabbed it and DM'd it to me and said, holy shit. It was true. That was dad's fucking steak. Wasn't it? Yep. Can I just be honest here? And as funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks stomping on a dream. Uh, that would be your story there. Okay. How, how did I stomp on a dream? I thought I breathed life into your dream. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, the my the, my invitation to this private gathering yeah. was we're going was a text that was sent to me that says we're going to Cody's. Do you, me to, do you want me to read the full stream on the air right now? Just to call bullshit on what you just said. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna, cause it involves his home address, but I said, Hey, we're going to Cody's come over. He's cooking a steak for you. Here's the address. Now you didn't say cooking a steak for me. I told you we were going over to his house for a barbecue. If you're going to Cody Rhodes' house, let me just tell you, the big green egg's getting fired up, whether you want it to be or not. Mm. Look at that. Lex Luger is professional wrestling, and I'm a referee. Just push me out of the way. Oh! No, I think your career right here is Brian Pillman. <laughs> I think so. Somebody's going to say that I was referencing the fact that he was dead, but I'm, I wasn't. I was referencing oh, I the fact that he was getting beat up. Getting a chair shot. I get it. If no, somebody's going to say that's that. That's Jim then Cornette just... right there with you on, on, on his shoulders. Get He's the fuck out of here. This is my shit now. I was first at MLW and I'll damn sure be last. Ah. Staying not wrestling on this show either. I know. Which is. Give me a microphone. What do you think he's saying here? Yeah. You finally have the guts to allow me to face the face. Let me tell you something, Logan, because we used to be friends. I've overlooked what an arrogant snothead you turned out to be. And guess what, pal? You just crashed right over the line. Holy popping. Come on, let's get it on right now. And Luger, Luger with a bit of desperation on his face now. He doesn't have that look of confidence. He doesn't have that arrogant look. Sting wants to fight. He's ready to fight. Luger backing away in the corner. Luger is not going to accept this challenge. It would not be the crowd here. Man, how fucking great was JR? Oh, he, man, I was thinking the same thing, buddy. You're talking about bringing excitement and realism to the moment. Fuck. Fuck. He was a man. It was a cool skit too, because for a long time they've been, uh, oh, and stinks coming to get him some in the alleyway here for a long time. They've been buddies and he's finally calling him out. But the insult is you arrogant snothead. 
boy. PG wrestling. Huh? Yeah. Snot head. It's funny because my grandfather used to call the grandkids not heads. Yeah. But maybe he maybe he really wanted to say snot heads, but he didn't want to cross the line. <laughs> Sting was in phenomenal shape there. Yeah, and he wasn't he was he tan? I'm no, not sure. It's the wrong show. Oh. Sorry. You don't listen to my other shows. Why are you pretending? New York knockout. Only on the superstation. I don't know what the uh, checkered flag has to do with anything. I fucking love these entrances, by the way. Be the main event. I quit rules. But right now, let's hear these pre-recorded comments from the heavyweight champion of the world. The next time you see me, Terry Funk, it'll be live in Troy, New York, in front of thousands of people who have come out to see the National Wrestling Alliance live and in color, the premier athletes in what we know to be the greatest sport in the world are here tonight in Troy, New York, is on fire. Now, Terry Funk, we know what's coming down. It's called I Quit. That means two great champions are going to walk that aisle tonight and they're going to get in that ring with one thing in mind, and that is to make, now think about this, to make the other say, I quit on a nationally televised program before millions of people. That's humiliating, that's disgraceful, that's the end. Think about it. National television, I quit. Well, I look at it like this, Terry Funk, I'm the world champion. The title's not on the line. But if I say I quit, I'm done. For you, you've got nothing to lose. You're the pride of Texas. You're one of the true greats on this sport. So tonight, Terry Funk, it's no man's land. It's a crash course. But the bottom line is, woo, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! What a phenomenal promo and unscripted too. Yep. Just right off the cuff. Right. And then we go back to the entrance set here and we've got two guys dressed up as cowboys at the base of the stage and at the top of the stage, here's Terry Funk draped in his, uh, red leather duster. And of course, Gary Hart, the tallest manager in history in tow here, Terry Funk, dude. In 1989, and I, I was way, way, way too young to really see or appreciate his stuff before this, but this year was just phenomenal for him. And this is the blow off of a six month feud, maybe even more than that, because I think that match with, um, yeah, when was that match in Nashville where it really got kicked off with Flair Steamboat? I think that was in February. Was it not? Yeah, it was all during, it was all in 89. It was all during the course of this year. Let me look and see. That may have been, that may, I may be thinking of a different one. I had to be. Yeah. Uh, wrestle war was for may. I had my date screwed up there. So may to now is, is, is where we are. So yeah, it's exactly a six month feud between the two. And we'll go back and cover that wrestle war at some point. 
uh, probably this may in fact, so we'll see, uh, a flare promo and then Terry Funk makes his entrance. We go to commercial and when they're trying to do this to get the commercials out of the way, uh, so we can go straight to the action and here comes flares entrance. He weighs 245 pounds. And for the sixth time, he is the world heavyweight champion. Nature boy, Rick Flair. Man, Gary Michael Capetta adds a lot to it, doesn't he? Yes, he does. I was thinking the exact same thing, that something needs to be said about Gary Capetta and what a ring announcer he was, because he was a great one. He really was. Flair coming down in the uh, baby blue robe that he would wear when he wrestled uh, Hogan and Piper and MSG. And of course he wore this one in Nashville against Ricky Steamboat. He's going to strut that ass down with four ladies who are waiting for him at the base of the stage. A lot of money spent on Aquanet on this show. <laughs> Flair also wore that robe, didn't he? Uh, the Kerry Von Eric match? No, that's a different one there. That's a different one. Okay. Yeah. That one was uh, a little older. That was the original star kid 83 robe. I had the Cape. If you recall, right. This was probably his second most expensive robe he ever had made though. He's told me that before it's got lots of tassels that sort of hang and nature boy is a little bigger than it might normally be across the back. Uh, but a very expensive robe, probably even back in this day, you know, in 88, when he had it made probably eight grand. Pretty, pretty expensive deal there. Great storyline in this. And it's a great storyline. The announcers brought out, I thought talking about Terry Funk and his brother and his father and the, uh, the generations at Funk's of Funk's in professional wrestling and, you know, six time at this time, world heavyweight champion, Ric Flair. And they didn't say that the loser of this match would leave wrestling, but you got the feeling that that could happen. Even Gordon Soley says, I take it to say that from what I'm talking to Rick Flair, if he loses, he's done. So they didn't say loser leaves town or retirement, but it was almost thought that that could happen. I think the deal is they were sort of teasing that, that Terry Funk was going to retire here. And of course, Terry Funk has retired many, many times, Mm -hmm. but I think that was sort of the idea would be that, you know, he would, um, wind up leaving, uh, not too terribly long after he, he does some color commentary and he does some stuff where he has like funks grill in a tuxedo, but he's not doing a lot of in ring stuff and he would pop back up. What? Probably like five years later. Yeah. And then become the hardcore legend that he is now. Yeah. He did all that crazy hardcore stuff in Japan in 94, five years after this. Mm-hmm. I think most people remember his, uh, IWA King of the death match from 1995, which we've got to do sometime on Patreon. We can't do it not on Patreon because not enough people can see it, but we could, we could get a link to our patrons where they could watch along. I love funk here going after the crowd. And by the way, this match really can't be compared to the trilogy of matches at the beginning of the year with Ricky steamboat. Those are more classic wrestling matches. This is much more of a brawl. Right. But phenomenal stuff. And the torch had uh, one of their contributors, right? I never enjoyed a match as much as I enjoyed flair funk. I would have liked it even better. If funk got at least one more comeback, I wish they had gone 10 or 12 more minutes. It was just phenomenal. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen 
my God, flares, chops be as like they are in this match. And I, I've seen thousands of flare chops. But it was like, man, I'm fucking laying them in here. Now, this is this is a fight. And you can tell just the way Flair approaches it. His style's different, but it works really, really well for both guys. And it's it has a, a real air of a realism. Another contributor to the torch rope, Flair and Funk was sensational. You can't compare it to Flair Steamboat for wrestling technique, but the bumps and intensity were startling, particularly sustained over the length of the match. Funk's bump on the table and into the chair is one of the highlights of 1989. He's amazing. And both he and Flair go way beyond being credits to the business. The hook I've talked about it many times. You go to this show and you think, oh, we've seen a lot of bullshit, but this thing is fucking real. It is. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do think it's, it's one of my top five favorite matches ever. The, um, another contributor to the torch says the last half of this show is among the best wrestling I've seen this year. Funk was supernatural, supernatural in the main event. One of the things Wade would write is once again, the question came to mind is if we get this for free, why pay for the $20 show? Exactly. I knew you were going to say something about that. Mm. Boy, it was Wade Keller right on there. He gave it an A. He says, uh, the match was a tremendously intense brawl with chops, microphones, tables, ring barriers, getting involved. And, uh, of course there's going to be some shenanigans later, but just a fucking phenomenal match here really can't be overstated. You notice the, the reaction of many of the fans here. It's like, oh shit, we're seeing a real fight here. Yeah. I mean, cause these, yeah. everything they're doing looks legitimate. Right. And, and it's because a lot of it is fucking real. It hurts. Great stuff, man. When I think of uh, Flair in this era too, I think of those baby blue tights. Maybe that's because that's the way the Galoob action figure came, but you know, that's what I remember as a kid. Did did you get uh, Terry Funk to come to Starcast? Have you attempted to? Yeah, we booked him last year and he had a health scare, but so we've booked him again this year and oh. uh, he's excited about coming and we've got some fun stuff planned. I'm not going to announce it until I know for sure he's on the plane though. Wow. Gotcha. But you know, cause here's the deal. I don't want to disappoint people last year. We had to refund a lot of money because people were fired up about seeing Terry funk because you know, you don't mean to be this guy, but how many more of these public appearances is Terry going to make before he says, oh, I'm too old for that shit. I'm not doing that anymore. Right. And <laughs> what, what an innovative move this was, you know, especially for cable, it's an I quit match, but flares walking around with the microphone and punching flair with the microphone in his hand. So every time he makes a smack, yeah, you hear it. It's awesome. And he asked for the microphone. He'll ask for it here in a, in a few minutes. And he asked Flair if he'll quit. Flair would not say anything. He wouldn't say no, yes, or whatever. Because he didn't want it to be misconstrued. Years later, 
these guys sat down and did a shoot interview together and they talked about, you know, their time as friends and blah, blah, blah. But one of the things they talked a lot about was this, this match in particular, I think they did it for around the 25 year anniversary and, uh, funk has recreated the end of this match in his mind to be where he says that he was tricked into saying, yes, he quits with the idea being, he says, do you quit? And he said, yes. And so the other guy says, do you quit? And he says, no. And so they go back and forth. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And then whoever's been saying no says yes. And then the other guy says no. So it's like, wait a minute. I didn't mean to say that you tricked me into it. Mm. Now, of course, that's not really what happens, but it's a hilarious story because Terry gets wound up and I, and I never quit. I kept saying no. And he kept saying yes. And then when he said, no, I said yes. And they rang the bell. Uh, oh, we recently discovered on Eric Bischoff's podcast that one of our listeners has a grandmother who lives on the street that Eric Bischoff grew up on. And somehow that came up and she said, Eric Bischoff used to egg my house when he was a kid. Wow. So we have created a new shirt inspired by Terry Funk. Of course, he famously had a little t-shirt that had iron on letters that says dusty sucks eggs. Well, our shirt says Eric throws eggs. Doesn't that make sense now that you know Eric Bischoff, that, that little prick used to throw eggs? He was a juvenile delinquent. Still is. God. Why how do you why do you associate yourself with the juvenile delinquents? Hang on. I talked about a wrestling magazine earlier and you asked if I beat off to it when I was nine. Well, I, you never answered the question. Because of course I didn't. Okay. I was nine. Yeah. Speaking of juvenile delinquents, <laughs> Funk. Funk hitting himself. Hilarious. Yeah. Whenever, you know, somebody I'll never forget when I bought like, uh, my first flare robe back in the day, whenever someone who wasn't really a wrestling fan came over, they would say, Hey, I heard you got a blah, blah, blah. I'd say, Oh yeah, whatever. Started downplay it. And they didn't want to see it. So I'd show it to them. And then of course they'd want to like, look at it and ask questions, but then they would say, why? I was like, wow, it's just fucking cool. Blah, blah, blah. I've never even seen one of his matches. Can you show me one? This is the one I would show him. Yeah. So I showed this to a lot of non wrestling fans and they'd be like, I don't get it. Like, and then I'd show them this match. Like, wow. Then they get it. Yeah. I was either going to show them that or this match or show them like, you know, spirit squad, <laughs> spirit squad, you know, glacier and crowbar, uh, something like that. You mean uh, glacier and JBL? Yeah. Okay. By the way, I, I told him uh, off the air this week that you thought no. it was crowbar. God. And he said, he's going to Larry at the fuck out of you. when he sees Oh, you. I'm sure he is. I don't know I, what that means, but yeah, you do know what it means. If the rumor and innuendo is true, you need to duct tape your butthole before you see him. Whoa. Really? Well, people say that he's mean and he's, he's a bully and blah, blah, blah. And 
Well, um, we've learned about bullies in wrestling and they like to put Sharpies in places and things. Oh, like that. okay. Oh, got it. Got it now. You do know my fear when I walk out of that. I, I don't want to get into that now. This is it. This is match is too good here. How about the tan line? Flair's been in the tanning bed. Yep. Oh, but how about the way Flair took pile drivers? Look at him holding the feet. Yep. This is a flareism. I don't remember seeing anybody else do this to take a pile driver, but that was his routine, man. Right. Whenever he's taking a pile driver, he's going to do a handstand on your boots. I'm so <laughs> thankful that, that funk didn't pull the tights the other way. Uh, steam, but not steamboat. Sean Waltman recently told the story of, uh, I think it was a nitro. He pulled Flair's trunks down to expose his buttocks, which is probably something that Flair called because he was fond of that spot. And Bischoff fired him for it. He rehired him later the same night, but still, he was really mad that he exposed Flair's beehole to the world. Hmm. But that was one of uh, Flair's signature comedy spots for years. Oh, yeah, it was. It was like the flare flop and, uh, begging off thumb to the eye and, oh, Hey, let's show everybody the vertical smile. Look, look at flare. He knows a pile driver's coming hand on the feet, hand on the boots, right? That's his move, man. Well, that helps protect his neck. No, I get why he does it. I'm just right. saying, I don't remember anybody seeing anybody else ever do it. Right. And that became like his way of taking it. And he did it a lot. Well, it, it obviously goes back to the plane crash and his broken back and, and all of that. No, I get it. Yeah. Have you broken any bones before me? No. Well, no, I haven't. I've had bones broken in surgery on purpose, but I've never had like a broken arm or leg or anything like that. Have you? arm and a foot. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Well, that's right. You were wearing a boot at one time. Was that, was that because of a break? Yep. Mm -hmm. That was nothing though. That was just whatever. You break your arm, jacking off to bill after <laughs> magazine. God damn. <laughs> just... No, I broke it in football. Oh, okay. Well, so good. Now, so good. Now, I'm now my, my left arm is a little shorter than my right arm. Yeah. So no, no cranking was interfered. Okay. I'm a right hand cranker. Okay. You know, Jay Z was telling me the other day that, uh, cause I don't always get on and see, but when you were doing one of your live chat things on Patreon, mm -hmm. that he asked you if you'd ever done the stranger and he had to explain what that was. Have you done it since? No. Do you, do you believe everything that Jay Z? Ooh, good God. You believe that everything that Jay Z's uh, tells you? No. He's he a he's a cop. Yeah, I believe what he says. Oh, really? Yeah. So everything he says is true. I mean, are, are you asking me if my friend, my close personal friend Jay Z, is a liar? Yes. No, uh, uh, he's not a liar. Okay. But he told me that sometimes it, he's uh, is he a swerver? He likes to uh, mm. sit on one hand until it goes numb. <laughs> then he calls it the stranger. And he said that you, you did it around the shower curtain and Sit on one until it goes. No, we are really talking about this during this great. Listen, <laughs> we can't possibly 
<laughs> help this match at all. Uh, like here, you want to know, you want to know what it's supposed to sound like. This is it. it. We can't compete with that, Tony. No, good let's, God. What a chop, right? Let, let's well, just talk about, you know, when you oh. make your hand numb before you whack it. Oh man. How about Gary Hart was not happy about being physically involved there. Yeah. I don't think he was either. Just for a minute. He was like, wait a minute. Fuck this. I'm going to hit him. Yeah. By the way, these chops are something serious. That can't be overstated. No, I just, like I said, I, I, I flares chops in this match were his best chops ever. Look at this. Oh. Oh. So while you're up there, mine is well chopped. Right? How about the uh, dropping him ding dong first? He dropped mm-hmm. a little funker on the guardrail. Terry Sullen, man. You know the only thing wrong with this match? What's that? Goddamn dark ring cover. I love it. It's terrible. It's tremendous. Oh. By the <laughs> way, I don't know that you saw. Did you see um, in Atlantic City over the weekend, Hulk Hogan and uh, Ric Flair had an event on Friday night at the uh, Hard Rock Casino? Did not. Flair revealed at their stage show. The Harley race has lung cancer. Oh, no. You're going to say Flair's line too? No. What's Flair's line? No. I, I thought you said, you know, you believe everything Jay-Z says. Is he not a liar? It's like, oh, well, if I just anything that somebody says now. No, well, no. Flair sending him up for the figure four here. Hey, what's going to happen at the next MLW TV taping? Are you going to sneak up behind Jim Cornette, snatch his headset off and say, get the fuck up, motherfucker. You're in my seat. Uh, I guess you'll just have to watch to find out. Won't you? I can't wait. Hmm. By the way, I just want the record to show if this becomes a death feud with you and Jim Cornette, mm-hmm. I'm on Cornette's side. Oh, I'm sure can always count on your friends. No, I just know you're going to give up halfway through and then it's going to be a me and Jim Cornette feud. And I don't want no part of that. That motherfucker. He has no mercy. No, uh, fuck doing such a phenomenal. Oh, look at this man. It will not be left unresolved. That's for sure. One man is going to be forced to quit. Telling a great story here, aren't they? I mean, they really are. Best match ever, dude. I mean, it's up there. Announcers telling a phenomenal story. The wrestlers themselves telling the story in the ring. And Flair has chopped him. He's beating him around. He's throwing him on the table. They've used chairs. They've used everything. And now Flair has chases him out, continues to work on the leg. One of these patent vertical suplexes. And now you see now as he screams out. 
and they get a good shot of Gary Hart, and he's go. Everybody knows what he's going for here. So he just yanks on it. You know all about that, and he Terry Funk knows it's coming. He's trying to fight it off. I mean, having a fight to get the figure four though what was a fun, not normal thing. Right. Normally they just let him put it off or they pushed right away, but they continued with the struggle and added to the realism. Yes. And how about a suplex Ugh. to the ring apron years before uh-huh. it was the, uh, sort of invoke thing to do. How about the way the, uh, bottom of the ring, like the actual structure itself that's covered by the ring curtain actually sticks out a little further past. Like. Yeah. If you're not careful, you could hurt yourself right there. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Figure four right in the center of the ring. Yep. He's got the figure four. That puts pressure on five different points. The pain is intense. That thing locked completely in. He's got a deep, deep in there. Gordon, have you ever seen anybody last this long in a figure four? It can be reversed. It can be reversed. Yes, I quit. He said it. What a fucking finish, man. Figure four right in the middle. Yeah. Flair always jokes. He never won a not. He never won a match for the figure four, but he did right there. once one against one of the all time greats and Gary Hart is livid. Comes in, takes the ring jacket off getting right in Funk's face. I, I love the fact that Gordon Soli said five different points of pain. It just, it just added realism to the hold. Absolutely. <laughs> The people I went to. I'm going to shake his hand like I said. You're a hell of a man, Ric Flair. Give it to me better, no better than me. So you're a hell of a man, Ric Flair. There's the handshake, and then Gary Hart attacks Funk. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Flair, we're going to start giving Gary the business. And we're ready to set up something big because we're right between Halloween Havoc and Starcade. Starcade's coming up, and there it is. Mm-hmm. Muda with the run in attacking Ric Flair and the dragon master. The Japanese are attacking Ric Flair. I thought that was so great. They Pearl Harbor him is what they did. You're not, you, you can't say that. Oh, can't that was a term back then, but you can't say that. I can't say it now. I'm no. sorry. And you're staying. Well, we probably shouldn't be joking about Asian massage parlors either, but it's in the news and yeah, I'm going right. for cheap jokes and we're bad people. So, <laughs> and Hey, we're always looking for the cheap pop. I know you were when you went in with animal. Oh my God. Apparently Robert Kraft only had to pay $59. Uh, uh, God. You know what I said when I went to the front door? What? Yeah. I said, you got a, a bill after magazine. I want to be Conrad at age nine. Oh, I know. I know what you said when they finished. Oh, what a rush. <laughs> you are worth the fuck. Oh, 
No, I, I forget. That was before all that. So when they were probably mid stroke, you were probably like, I am Iron Man. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Uh, I bet you're more of a dribbler than a shooter. I may be in my age now. Uh, Muda, not good with the chair shots, but this is pretty cool right here. Now, this is leading up to the Iron Man Challenge, which is Flair and Steamboat. I'm sorry, Flair and Muda and Luger and Sting, right? Yeah, and Muda's going to get his first loss in WCW at that <laughs> pay per view to, to Richard. Well, if you got to have your first loss, might as well make it to Richard. That's right. By the way, it's worth mentioning that, uh, sting and Ric Flair, both going to be at Starcast. Gary Hart unavailable. Tommy young and Lex Luger were last year. Starcast. Mm-hmm. What a fucking match, you know? I know a lot of people would, would be critical of this and say the only thing that kept it from being even better is all the post-match shenanigans, but it's on free TV. You know, they're not paying it off on a pay-per-view. You got to see this incredible match and this incredible storyline and spectacle and you know, the blow off of this funk flare thing for free on TBS. They got to set something up you'll pay for, and hopefully this is it. Five-star match. A. Oh my God. He's going to break the bowling trophy. Luger must have lost in when they went bowling the night before. I do like that. He broke the trophy trophies in wrestling are meant to be broken. Yeah. Great fucking show. Dragon master was ahead of his time with the black suit and the black undershirt. Mm-hmm. Fans are emptying out, but we still got about four minutes in the show. Yeah. yeah. Really, really poorly timed. Probably not a surprise to you. Nope. Let's see how JR's feeling time. Well, here in Troy, New York. And it's the flare trying to get over this thing. Now we've got a great tire. The medics I understand are on their way. Terry Funk. Let's not forget him. Nobody knows what they're doing. Why aren't we off the air? Well, uh, in, in reality, uh, these things are not easy to time. It's, it's, it's a team. It's a team thing. You know, they're told to go home. And then when they're told to go home, usually in the back, they'll say, okay, when you're told to go home, you've got five minutes. And sometimes they'll go home in three minutes or sometimes they'll go home in eight minutes. So it's not easy. It really isn't. It's, it's a very difficult thing to do, especially, you know, this is the era now before referees, uh, were wired up to sound. This is the era where Gene Anderson would walk out. And when Gene Anderson walked out, the referee would see him. And that's when they know to go home. Um, so, and you, they, a, lot, a lot of times they didn't see him right at first. And I heard many times where Gene would be in the back. Oh, God, I was standing out. God damn it. I was standing out there for, for like five minutes. Sometimes Gene would have to walk even closer, but anyway, so I, uh, back to the point it's, it wasn't easy to time. So. I could say this is a very WCW thing. It's, it's good showing the replay again and all that stuff, but it's kind of just a wrestling thing. I know I'm sure they had problems timing shows in the WWF back then too. Live shows. And of course, you know, you were on, uh, you were on uh, TBS and you had to hit a, a time 
Because the next show would start. The wide shot of an empty arena now, though, maybe not the best look. No, they should have gone right to, they should have gone right to the replay to that. Here's what I never understood. The pay-per-view Starcade 89 is Mm. on a fucking Wednesday. Yeah. I, I, I never got that either. Oh, here's Jr. selling hard. What's he saying? One of the greatest matches I ever saw. And I'm going to be talking about it one day with Conrad Thompson on my podcast. Let's take some questions here from uh, Twitter. We asked people at WHW Monday. Hey, got a question about the flair funk. I quit match or anything from the New York knockout clash of the champions. Uh, bad money slim. Oh, Jesus. Wants to know. If Johnny Ace was trying to teach Shane Douglas how to do a backflip, what might that sound like? It would sound like, oh, up, over, oh, Vince. Yes, I love you. Bam. Josh Goon wants to know, did Tony ever win an award from Bill After and PWI? Yes, I did. Uh, Russ, uh, Russ most, announced- most improved announcer? <laughs> no, no. I won uh, wrestling announcer with the best die job. Oh, I won best die job non-wrestler. Uh, for a non-wrestler, uh, Joe wants to know, did Jim Hurd ever smell like a personal pan pizza? No, uh, I, I answered him on Twitter that he, he didn't smell like one. He was shaped like one though. Uh, Joe wants to know, how do you think this match compares to the totally Magnum TA aquit match? Uh, well, that one was in the cage and was bloody. Um, more gore. I think this was a better one though. Um, what? Also, if you compare the two, I think Tully and, uh, Magnum are known for this match. Flair is known for so much more. Peter edge wants to know, do you think this is Flair's best work as a baby face? Uh, I'm not so sure. The, uh, the work against Vader was a great work as a baby face too. Efren wants to know, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me <sighs> next. What next? That was my answer. Okay. Um, Mikey wants to know, Tony, were you at the WWF when this high quit match took place? If so, yeah. did you watch it live? And did any of the other guys talk about it? Uh, yes. Watched it live. I was at Howard Finkel's house watching it and we all enjoyed it. We all kind of snickered at some of the earlier matches that we didn't think were that good, but especially when the dynamic dudes came out, little did they know, uh, that Johnny Ace would be their boss. But, uh, we all really liked that last match. This is a fun question, I guess. Uh, is this match in Tony's top 10 flare matches? Yes. Okay. There you go. Well, man, I got to tell you, I, uh, I had fun going back and watching one of my favorite clash of the champions ever with you today. And I'm looking forward to what we might cover next week. Do you have any, uh, suggestions, anything you're really uh, itching to cover or talk about? Well, yeah, we were, we put up a clash poll. Are you opposed of, uh, because I got so, we got so much response on Twitter about, Hey, we, we want this clash. Can't wait for this clash. You want to do another clash next week? 
We can, you know, we've just done uh, a couple of WrestleMania. So maybe we uh, lay off WrestleMania for a little bit, give that a rest for a couple of weeks. Maybe come back in another one. We could also do an uncensored at some point in March, but if you're feeling, Hey, let's do another clash. I'm not opposed to that. All right. We'll put a, uh, we'll put a clash poll up on Twitter and, uh, let you vote on it again, because, uh, I believe clash three was second in the voting to this. Maybe we'll put up a couple different clashes, leave clash three in there. And because we've done clash one and clash two, uh, Miami mayhem. We did the first thing we did Miami mayhem, and now we've done New York knockout. So there's a couple of other good ones in there. You know uh, what? Let's just, uh, let's just go ahead and call it right now. And let's, let's announce what clash we're doing next week. Let's do clash three from September 7th, 1988. How about that? Sounds good. Clash three, September 7th, 1988. That would be fall brawl. Yeah. And I think that's probably the first fall brawl, right? It is the, uh, main event is going to be staying in Barry Windham. We've also got Ricky Morton and Ivan Koloff. We got dusty Rhodes and Kevin Sullivan. We got Nikita and Dr. Death taking on the sheep herders. We got Rotunda and Brad Armstrong. They're in the Albany civic center in Atlanta, Georgia, get a 5.4 rating on TBS. And this is fall brawl before it became known as a pay-per-view. So that should be fun getting our way back machine. We've had lots of requests for the old stuff. Uh, well, September 88, here we come with names like dusty Rhodes and Ricky Martin and Barry Windham, Nikita Koloff coming your way. And, uh, then we'll have another poll that we'll throw up, um, that you guys can vote on. But I just realized that, uh, as we were doing this, I'm going to be out of town next weekend. Really? Yeah. Bruce and I are doing our farewell tour. Uh, in crown point, Indiana on Saturday. Uh, so if you haven't made it out to see us and you're in that area, you should by all means come check us out crown point, Indiana this Saturday. And then on Sunday, uh, Bruce and I will be in Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, that'll probably be the only time that Bruce and I do show in Cleveland, Ohio. So if you're in one of those markets and you wanted to come see us, this is your last chance. Bruce has your tickets. And then who gives a shit? You got to come see. Eric Bischoff and Tony Schiavone tickets are on sale right now for C2 E2 after dark, pretty fired up about this one. Uh, we've never done a show like this. It's going to be at night. Uh, there's going to be some shenanigans to be sure. Uh, but showclicks.com forward slash event forward slash WHW 83 has your tickets. That's S H O W C L I X.com forward slash event forward slash WHW 83. You can snatch your tickets up there. They're pretty affordable as well. You're not only going to get a great show, but you've also got meet and greet opportunities. 39 bucks is what you need to do. Uh, It's never happened before and uh, may never happen again. If these guys can't get along, we'll find out. It's (laughs) what happened when in 83 weeks, a super show, if you will, on Friday, March 22nd, uh, from eight till 10 PM and, uh, Chicago, bright lights, big city, pretty ladies. You think I'm going to be going to be able to convince you to go, uh, partake in all that the city has to offer afterwards. You're inviting me to go out with you and Eric. I didn't invite Eric. I invited you. Oh yes. I'd love to. In my head, they've got, uh, some old watering holes there that mm. you're familiar with and I'm familiar with and rush street. I think we could get in. I think we could have some fun. We'll say that. All right. I can't wait, man. I'm looking forward to uh, another clash next week and then maybe hit a WrestleMania or an uncensored and keep the party going, you know, lots of uh, moving and shaking in podcast land, but uh, uh-uh. me and you 
We're still here. Cause you got basketball motherfucker only for another couple of weeks. And then baseball. Okay. All right, man. I want to look at my uh, clock. I can't help, but feel like it's about that time in the middle of the ring right now. Jim Cornette. He's putting the figure four leg lock on Tony Schiavone. Conrad Thompson drops down with the microphone. He sticks the microphone in front of the mouth of Tony Schiavone. Do you quit motherfucker? Do you quit? Tony Schiavone looks up. No, Court Bauer, you egg-sucking dog. I'm not quit. My career goes on thanks to Conrad Thompson. And we're desperately out of time. Tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on What Happened When. We're on, right now, the MLW Radio Network as well as on... Patron. Seagull. Wow, does it hide, smooth girl? I don't want to tell you. No, precious, but you must. Fine, I'm here to tell you about promotional considerations you paid for my following. The what? Yes, you know, boxygimmicks.com. Ah, with new items each week. The official store of what happened when something to wrestle within 83 weeks, precious. I don't want to hear your lies anymore. They're not lies, they're truths, precious. No, they are tricksies. They are false. No, you got to trust the fat man. He's nice. No, he's not precious. He's a liar and a thief. No, he's actually quite nice. No. Log on and get your gimmicks from wrestling fans in your life or something for yourself, Precious. No, must not trust them. They're tricksy. Well then, Precious, let's go over to patreon.com forward slash WHWMonday. Want to be a Loki Big Hog? What the hell is a Loki Big Hog? It's a thing that you click on and you get to become one. Or glass bottom boat rider? Yes, Precious, yes! No. This is a sellout. You're selling out. I'm not selling out. Yes, Precious. Go but becoming a member of the Hot Tech Express or the Slapdick Nation. We've never heard of Hot Tech Express. We've never been to Slapdick Nation before, Precious. Well, we can go if we follow the fat man versus yes. They're both fat. Well, yes, that's true, but Tony's doing yoga. Uh, what's yoga, Precious? You don't need to know if you must ask, Precious. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday for behind the scenes videos, live weekly chats, and new content each week. And by LoisRules.com. Get all your t shirts from what happened when right now. But Lois, yes, she's not tricksy. She's not false. Whatever you say. Yes, that's what I say. Go over to LoisRules.com. Get all your stuff from what happened when. And by C2E2 After Dark. Presenting Conrad Thompson, Tony Schiavone, and Eric Bischoff. We don't like that fat man. Yes, but you can go see them Friday, March 22nd at 8 p.m. Central at McCormick Place in Chicago. Tickets available at showclicks.com slash events slash WHW83 Weeks Presses. Yes! And by StarCast 2, coming to Las Vegas, May 23rd to 26th, as part of Double or Nothing Weekend. Yes, go to StarCast.com for more information. Presses. Yes! <laughs>